It's our WWE Royal Rumble 2022 review show on the Double Turn Podcast, which starts right now. was a jam-packed show filled with splendor and glory and yet i feel like the consensus of this show is that not many people liked it and i'm here to tell you as we normally like to do on this show i'm going to challenge that notion because it's not like i loved this show or adored this show or we'll put it up on the pantheon of the rest of the year's calendar and say, I'm going to think the Royal Rumble is one of the better shows of the year. I am here to tell you, this is a very polarizing show on a lot of different levels. And we're going to talk about it tonight. It is the Double Turn Wrestling Podcast, Boss Ross and the J-Man coming at you. The first pay-per-view installment of the year of our Lord 2022 for World Wrestling Entertainment has come and gone. It took place from St. Louis, Missouri. What a show it was. Before we get into all the splendid details, and there are a lot of them. How are you, sir? I'm doing good, man. Doing all right. I I know it's the second pay-per-view. You know why I don't count day one? Because it's not a real pay-per-view. All right. Yeah. Um, That being said, I'm doing great. Um, yeah, yeah, no, I'm doing good. I'm doing, by the, good. by the way, I'd like to admit you're learning. Good job. That being said, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're learning after many failed attempts. Good job. Yes. Thank you. It, it is the second installment pay-per-view for WWE. I chose to announce it that way because the Royal rumble should be the first pay-per-view calendar event every <clears throat> year. And also, by the way, by the way. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed the fact that it was on a Saturday. I don't know Me about too. you. Okay, I had now, a good time. now, full disclosure, I'm a Cincinnati Bengals fan. Absolutely geeked that they're in the Super Bowl for the first time since the 80s and the first time since I've been a fan, since I've been in the doldrums of fandom since 1995. This is not a football show. All I'm saying is I'm glad the Royal Rumble did not have to compete with Championship Sunday. That being Mm -hmm. said, remember, the NFL added an extra week to their regular season, and they added two extra playoff games in the first weekend. So the NFL had to make a decision as to what they were going to do with the Royal Rumble. They couldn't do it this week because we're already in February, even though this is the week of the Pro Bowl. So they decided, screw it. We're going to do it on a Saturday. And you know what? If this is the new tradition for the Royal Rumble, that it's on Saturdays, I am all for it. Sign me up for more of this, because if WrestleMania is going to be two nights, one of those nights is going to be on Saturday, kiddies. So let's go. I don't know about you, but that 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 actually made it more enjoyable that I had this long show that I watched. And then I had a whole other day of stuff I was doing because it was still the weekend thoughts on the Royal Rumble being on Saturday. 
Um, it was good. I mean, especially from a standpoint of like not getting obliterated by nobody watching it and nobody showing up in St. Louis. That's the first thing. Um, although I'm not saying that it would have, nobody would have shown up. People would have shown up, but 44,000 wouldn't have sold out the, the dome at America center. That's for sure. That's the first thing. Second of all, um, I don't know. I feel like giving it one day to breathe before getting to raw, um, in particular for those who liked it or in particular for those who didn't at least maybe recalibrate your brains of like giving you one extra day to think about, well, hold on. Let me think. What did I think about last night? Especially for the journos, right. Before they go ahead and really put out the reviews, really, you know, make sure that everything's correlating to what raw is going to be on the following Monday, Mm -hmm. giving it that extra day to breathe. I think that's a good smart thing. So uh, I, I, I enjoyed that. Okay. So, uh, as you said, 44,390 packed into the Dome at America's Center in St. Louis, Missouri. That's right. And, um, well, this is the show that starts off WrestleMania season. Yes, I'm aware day one existed, but, yeah, to me, this is always the start of WrestleMania season. Yeah, no, day one was absolutely not the start of WrestleMania season whatsoever. Now. I'm not saying, look, for all I know, day one's a one-off. I, I don't know that. Have they announced they're doing this every year? I don't think they have. So it no, could no, just be haven't. a one-off. Okay. Yeah, and not to mention, back in 2005 and in 2006, did you feel that New Year's Revolution, New Year's Revolution, the pay-per-view, did you feel that that was the, paper, the pay-per-view that started the road to WrestleMania? Excuse me, the road to WrestleMania? Um, I did not. I mean, I understand that it planted seeds, like example, a the year, the year that edge cashed in and won the world title. Yes. Okay. Well then you can go ahead and say the same thing that elimination chamber match where, um, Batista was the second to last person eliminated before triple H eliminated Randy Orton. And that set up the feud between triple H and Batista in a way. Right. But when was the same thing? When was elimination chamber that year? Was that still Um, in February? No, no, there was no Elimination Chamber pay-per-view. The Elimination Chamber match happened as the main event of New Year's Revolution. Okay, so again, to answer your question, there are a very few, which, by the way, then the Royal Rumble still set up the other half of that card. Of course it did, yeah. But but again, we just talked about something that had never happened in WWE, which was cashing in at the end of a pay-per-view main event that ended up changing the world title. Sure. And then setting up one of the best rivalries, not only of that era of wrestling, but in general. Those are two pretty big exceptions that I will give a pass to when it's not leading up as the Royal Rumble being the lead into WrestleMania season. That's my point. Okay. So this is the card in which there were six matches that we went over. And guess how many matches were on this card? Six. <laughs> there were no late additions to this card. There were no, there was no tomfoolery. And believe it or not, there was no pre-show match. And if there was, they didn't talk about it. Although I thought I saw a blurb about Corey Graves and the 24-7 title. Maybe that was just like clickbait. I don't know. I'll ask Jorge here in a second when he gets back on here. Hey, Jorge. Yeah, no, Lucha I, Libre Online jumped the gun on the Corey Graves thing. Okay. So they did. So to my knowledge, there was not a pre-show match, was there? 
That is accurate. There was no pre-show match, which is actually great. Okay. But um yeah, I guess I guess for me that was just one of those things where I was happy that I went into a pay-per-view the day before a pay-per-view and there was nothing like last second added to the card. I'd be like, "Oh yeah, we'll just throw this in the card." Like this card was already set and I was just happy with the fact that that's what the card was is my point. So, um we we talked last week about how the order or the layout of the card was going to determine how we thought the show was going to go. Mm-hmm. That sort of took place. And it sort of took place in a very odd way. But as we'll get into through the show, it happened the way it happened because not only did it have to make sense for this show, but it also had to make sense for what happened a month ago. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the opening contest of this show was Seth Rollins versus Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship. Um, I don't remember if this was determined before the match at the pay-per-view because I did not watch this live. Um, Were the Usos banned from ringside? Was that one of the stipulations? Yes, they were. So what happened was um, a couple weeks ago on SmackDown, Seth Rollins... um, had a tag team match against the Usos. His partner was Kevin Owens. And um, the stipulation was if Owens and Rollins won the match, the Usos would be barred from ringside. There, see, there you go. The, yeah. The, uh, the uh, fountain of information for you, because I don't remember that. So, and and by the way, I'm sure many people forgot about that is, is my point. So that's why I bring that up. Um. So, again, this was for the Universal Championship. I asked a friend and colleague of mine when he started using Seth freaking Rollins again. He told me he's been using it for months. I don't care. It's dumb. Dumb. I thought his gimmick was he wore suits. I don't like the fact that it's part of his actual name. Like, I can understand if it's a nickname. Like, oh, he's Seth freaking Rollins. But to put it on his name... You know, it's the same thing with Bobby. Bobby does almighty Bobby Lash. I hate mm-hmm. that. I really do. Okay. And I don't, and I, as I like Seth freaking Rollins as the nickname, I do not like the full, when he gets called out, Seth freaking Rollins. I detest it. I'm sorry. I really okay. do. Okay. At some point, I think you'll, fir- you'll, you'll, you'll firmly turn to the dark side of some of the inanities of Seth Rollins over the past, you know, year. But maybe I'll never get you to be there. And that's okay. Never. At, at least you admit that Seth freaking Rollins is dumb. Okay. Um, so this is this is this is what I want to say about this match. I love the fact that WWE is now touting the fact that this is officially. Roman Reigns' first pay-per-view loss in over 700 days. Isn't that incredible? And yet, it was by disqualification. Okay. So, I'm going to say this now, because I understand that people are going to defend this finish. And I understand why they're going to defend it, but I will make this one point. Okay. You've had you've had Roman Reigns 
be the man for 734 days. Okay. You don't have the rock at WrestleMania unless this has been a huge wool over the eyes and he's going to surprise us. And that's the match we're getting at Mania. And everybody's going to be like bewildered, befuddled because everything's telling us it's going to be next year and not this year. Right. Especially now, since when we get to the end of the show and everything that happens, we know what we're getting. If you're going to have a guy that has held the belt for 734 days, why would his first documented pay-per-view loss in all that time be via disqualification in a throwaway match at the Royal Rumble? Why? I mean, so here's the thing. I'm, I'm just going to be flat out honest now. I was a fan of not only this match, as many people were. Let me mm. be the first to say. Because we, we're going to get into the match. The match was an actual banger. The match was... I don't think there's a question that it was the best match on the card. Um, I actually enjoyed the fin- Yes. Do you believe that there was another match that was better than that on the card before I go any further with what I'm about to say? If you know me well enough, you know what match I'm going to say is the best match on the show. I, I mean, it was no, good. No, no. It okay. Was- okay. Look, look. Okay. There were ways they could have booked the finish of this match and not done the finish that they did. Okay, so Rollins has easily become a babyface now, right? Would you say that, or you think that he's like still teetering? I don't think he's an overt babyface. There is a guy on this show that performed so well that they better turn him babyface immediately. But I think Seth Rollins worked babyface. I think there's definitely money making him babyface. I don't think he's a full-fledged babyface yet. That okay, being said, fair. I think they're on the way to that, but I would mm-hmm. not say Seth Rollins is a babyface. Okay. Okay. That's fair. That everything you just said is perfectly fair. Okay. I didn't mind the disqualification loss for Roman Reigns because a in reality as much. So last week, what was my main thing that I was talking about Ross? If you remember my main thing, was me wanting chaos, right? That was like really what I was sticking to. I wanted absolute chaos. I wanted things to get thrown for a loop. I wanted things to make absolutely no sense because that would make us have so many questions on the road to WrestleMania that I would be able to fully be immersed in wanting to know what exactly was happening. Um, And because of that, I was one of the few that actually happened to like this disqualification finish. It protected Roman Reigns. It protected Seth Rollins. And I think that was the key, protecting Seth Rollins. Because for those of you who do not remember, even though Roman Reigns hadn't lost in 700 plus days on a pay-per-view, Roman Reigns has never beaten Seth Rollins. And I think that what they're doing here, Ross, is constantly making... Roman be more and more on edge. He is not able to fully realize that he himself is the best in the world currently, even though he kind of thinks it, he still has those things on his mind. And the one thing that I loved about this storyline that they told with Seth Rollins over the last four weeks was Seth Rollins living rent free in Roman Reigns's head. So them giving us that finish of 
him refusing to let go of the guillotine and then coming in and smashing him with the chair the same way that Rollins did to him and Mox back in 2014 was brilliant storytelling. Brilliant storytelling. And I didn't need to see Rollins take a pinfall because to me, to me, this story is nowhere near over. And if I were the back, if I were creative right now, I'm 100% calling an audible and saying, I don't need Roman versus Brock at WrestleMania. You need to give us Roman versus Rollins at WrestleMania because that match has been a main event caliber of WrestleMania match for years, whether or not people want to admit it. Most people will admit it, by the way, but it has become so good. And by the way, that's not to say that Brock is not great. Brock, Brock is great. It's the same thing I said last week. Brock is so great that he needs to be on another story right now to elevate that and get his due. So with all that being said, I think it was the best story told all night long. It was gratifying because, again, Roman has Seth living in his brain rent-free. and. Roman still takes a, 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 it's like a chink to the armor, if you will, that Seth Rollins created and Seth Rollins, you know, coming back to the good side in a way is fantastic. And by the way, him coming, okay. Him coming out to the shield, to the shield theme and in shield garb. If you didn't mark out, you're not a wrestling fan. So. Okay. Again, oftentimes I like to be the contrarian. Uh, uh, by the way, before I dive in, your points are very, very valid. Okay, I, I'm not. I'm not here to say everything you just said either doesn't make sense or isn't exactly what a lot of people would think. And again, I understand the defense of a disqualification of this match. I do. And there are ways you could have protected Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns. It still had that effect. Okay. So, for instance. Are you okay? For instance. Okay. I would have told the story. Personally. That Roman and Brock, since that's clearly where you're going. Because day one didn't happen. That's clearly where you're going with all the ways that you pivoted, right? I would tell the story that, well, uh, Brock doesn't want Roman to be champion and Roman doesn't want Brock to be the champion. So there is a universe where you could legitimately have an instance where Brock is trying to cost Roman the title and vice versa. You could have had a million things happen where either Roman's like, well, I can't beat him, so it's a matter of I've got to find some way to like I'm not I'm not as creative when it comes to these BS finishes because they book themselves into this corner because they have a plan, but they don't really know how uh, just a great way to get out of it. I understand that, unfortunately, they, they they put themselves in this position where the four guys in the two main events, they had to protect all of them. Because at the end of the day, there were supposed to be two guys in a main event from a month ago that they couldn't get because one of them got the virus and they had to pivot and give the belt to the other guy that was supposed to be in that match. That's the choice they made, whether you agree with it or not. 
this is the road they're on. So I'm just of the belief that I think there's a better way of getting to where you want to get to without having Roman get disqualified. Okay. This this is not a shot at you. Sure. When I say this. Sure. It's definitely not a shot at you. It's it's a shot at a particular section of the fan base. Um uh a few weeks ago, no, a couple of months ago, we had a 60-minute draw on all the wrestling dynamites at Winter is Coming between Hangman Adam Page and Brian Danielson for the AEW World Championship. Mm-hmm. Everybody and their mother collectively lost their minds. Mm-hmm. I was one of the few, and by the way, you actually agreed with me. You and I both did not like the fact that that match went to a draw. And the reason for that was you can use a draw, just use it efficiently. If you just use the main, if you just use the draw to end Omega and Danielson a couple of months ago in a non-title match. Don't you think it's kind of a BS move to go ahead and do it in a world title match where the guy that is defending his championship just won his title three weeks ago and the other guy hadn't lost a one-on-one encounter since he got signed? This I is, bring this up. Go, go no, ahead. No, no, I, this, is, this is the era where if a guy loses a match, he's buried. You're right. You're which, right. But which, I, which, which, by the way, is nonsense. And unfortunately, we can't have this thing called winners and losers continue. You're right. Everything you just said is right. But I bring this up because everybody and their mother was like, oh, my God, that match was incredible. They had to go that route. Blah, 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 blah. And I remember our boys over at Ultra Heels, shout out to them because they're always on point, right? They were like, oh, well, that's a that's a finish that WCW used to do back in the day when they were the real WCW before you know, before the NWO took over and yada, yada, yada. I'm like, okay, that's fine. That's fine. But it was just overtly used in a very high profile situation with Kenny Omega and Brian Danielson. And you're using it again. And then both times, both times, by the way, I didn't mind it with Omega and Danielson as much as I did with Hangman and Danielson. But both times people praised it. And then as soon, as soon as a, there's a disqualification, disqualification finish for the universal title match between Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns, everybody collectively loses their minds and says, WWE made you pay for this match, which gave you a DQ finish, and you got all four of these matches free, and they were great. Shut up. It's so ignorant, dude. Like, I've been on this very hyped up training you know this and i'm willing to admit right now where i have said that for the last five or six months aew hasn't set one foot wrong on wednesdays right i i I, i'm willing to admit that and my my consistent criticism of that is my beef is not with all elite wrestling it is the people it is the people who continuously tried and place it above WWE and choose not to give WWE its credit its 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 credit when it deserves it, and, and and it's the same thing when we saw the Cody versus Sammy match, the latter match when they were like, "Oh, that's the best cutter I've ever seen in my life," as if Randy Orton hasn't existed for the last twenty years of of planet Earth. 
as if Diamond Dallas Page wasn't hitting crazy cutters like nobody's business from 1997 to 2001. Like, come on, give me a gosh darn break. And I bring this all up to say, you can disagree with the disqualification finish because you didn't like the DQ finish, but that's not to say that the disqualification finish was trash because we've seen other trash finishes that really deserve to be called trash. And that, the way that it made Roman snap, especially because of the promo that was caught on Friday, to me, made all the sense in the world. If that may, I hope, I, that was a long diatribe to get back to what I was saying, but it was warranted because I saw that and it made me furious on Sunday. Um, that disqualification finish was better than a no contest in a hell in a cell. Also, <laughs> and also okay. I will, I will, I will also say this because, um, unfortunately we have run into these people as well. Um, there are some people that are out there that basically AEW can do no wrong. And that if you criticize anything AEW does, you're a hater which I vehemently disagree with because I guess agree. what? Uh, there, are, there are lots of great things they are doing. There are lots of things that they are doing that suck that are getting praised because it's not WWE. And by the way, that is ignorance. That is you being a hater and disliking a company that you probably watched for years and said, nope, can't watch this anymore. Everything that's new is better, which is just not true. So we've gone on long enough. Here's what I will say. I understand why they did it. I still don't agree with what they did in it. That's all I'm going to say. So uh, Roman keeps his title. Seth is still remaining strong. I'm a little confused with what they're doing at Elimination Chamber. But we'll get there when we have to cross that bridge because we still have this pay-per-view to talk about. The second match on the show was the 30-woman Royal Rumble match. Yes, the Women's Royal Rumble. That's a more concise way to say it. The winner of that match gets a, gets a championship match of her choice at WrestleMania 38. So, first things first. Sasha Banks came back on the SmackDown before this show, which was a little bit of an odd choice, in my opinion. Um, if you were going to have Sasha Banks come back, maybe save it. However, with what they did with her in this match, really glad she came back on Friday. <laughs> Because, uh, yeah, she was number one. And uh, Melina was number two. Now, uh, I will say this because uh, someone pointed this out, and I should have thought about this immediately. So, Mickey James came out to her Impact theme music with her title and was listed as an Impact wrestler. Why was Melina not mentioned as an NWA competitor? I have no idea. And I'll tell you why. Double standards. Anyway, uh, Melina can still do her entrance, which is, again, impressive. I'm just saying. Um, Sasha Banks was in the ring for less than 10 minutes. And she came back at the Royal Rumble 
why? <laughs> so here's the thing. That, and it actually frustrated me a lot because I, I sent you the fact that she came back on Friday. And you right. and I were like, whoa, we did right. not see that coming. And there was another surprise that happened on Saturday. Thankfully, they saved it for Saturday. And I'm glad that they did it that way. Mm-hmm. We'll get to that eventually. Um, but I was like, oh, snap, she's clear. I couldn't believe it. And she drew number one. I was like, as soon as she drew number one, it wasn't one of those like, oh, she's not winning the Rumble. I didn't care about that. I was like, Sasha's the Sasha's going to be the Iron Woman of this match. Sasha's going 45, 50 minutes. Mm-hmm. That was that was what I thought. Because that's what makes sense. Because it's Sasha freaking Banks. Sasha Banks is one of the, if not the premier woman in that entire division, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And when you bring her in at number one, it's the same thing of, again, what we'll also talk about when we talk the Men's Royal Rumble is what I thought they should have done with AJ Styles, but that's nor here nor there. We'll talk about it in the Men's Royal Rumble. But I'm thinking she's going 45, 50 minutes deep. Like, that's a big deal. They want her to keep that Rumble together. Didn't happen. Didn't happen. And she got unceremoniously eliminated by, I can't, who, who eliminated her? I'm trying to remember. Zelina. Oh, Zelina Vega to get okay. Which, which by the way, okay, first of all, Zelina eliminating her is fine because if you could tell in the Royal Rumble match, they gave Zelina some spots. They they clearly viewed her as something relatively important, which is thankfully something that they're doing because it makes them. It makes me. It actually tells me they're taking the Queen's crown somewhat, somewhat important. They're making it somewhat important. But here's the other thing. It tells me Sasha wasn't fully ready to go. And if she wasn't ready to go with her foot, why bring her back? I, and then the you. other thing is like, okay, well, then they, maybe they wanted more. They, they wanted or needed more star power in the match. That's fine. However, it is 100% World Wrestling Entertainment's fault for not having that star power in that match to begin with because of everybody and their mother who they released over the last nine months. And not to mention they're choosing, and Ross, I don't know how deep you want to get into this. They made it absolutely clear. They didn't give a crap about the NXT women's division on Saturday. They made it very vocal. Okay, so uh, first of all, and this is and this is a key that I will bring up. Okay. The way they are building the NXT women's division, it would make zero sense to bring in most of the talent that's on that roster. That's fair, but you're meaning to tell me that Dakota Kai couldn't have been called up, or at least one that would have gotten a big pop. You and I talked about Raquel showing up. That would have been huge. Mm-hmm. Io Shirai showing up. That would have been huge. Kaylee so, Ray showing up. So um, Kaylee Ray is actually going to compete against uh, the number one contender to Mandy. Yes. yes. So which, by the way, which that's a whole other topic. That was a very interesting promo. Um, they don't do those that type of promo that often. And I thought that that kind of showed some character towards both of the ladies. And I was actually kind of intrigued that they did that that way. Um, I actually haven't watched it. I'll definitely go ahead and take it. I'm again. I don't know if it was anything like mind-bogglingly special. I just kind of thought it was a different promo, and I just kind of liked it. Um, I'm now convinced they are saving Raquel for the night after WrestleMania. 
that's fair. Mm-hmm. But I genuinely think that is now the plan because 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 here's the thing: you don't want to have too many call ups from NXT of people that are super relevant. If you have a very specific plan in mind, which I would hope they do at every Royal Rumble, and probably would have gotten lost or completely crapped on with what they did in some people's minds. So that being said, I'm fine with the fact that they did what they did from the NXT standpoint. Another thing I wanted to bring up is they asked Nia Jax to come off. She told them F off. She pulled a Julius Randall. Okay. Unreal. Again. Well, Again, here's the I'm I'm no Nia Jax fan. I'm just saying they reached out and she told them to F off. So there you go. That's fine. Okay. Why did they need to reach out to Nia Jax is beyond me. Here's the uh, thing. I defended, just... I defended Nia Jax getting released. I didn't, you know that I, I, I defended it I, I, in the sense I defended Nia Jax and I said what they did and how they went about it wasn't cool. That's not to say that she didn't need to get released. She needed to get released. It was reaching a point of like, this is getting ridiculous, Nia. Oh, yeah. Like you no. can do it. You've been a professional wrestler for 10 years. No, I'm Stop. with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. All right. Uh, let's let's keep this moving along. Kelly Kelly was in this match. Uh, most of the raw women were in the match at the halfway point. That was very interesting that most of the raw women had, were already in the match about halfway through. Um, Michelle McCool was in the match for 20 minutes. Bro, what a great showing from her. This is the second time she's been in a Royal Rumble, and this is the second time that she's like been incredibly mm-hmm. impressive. And I think to myself, I'm like, Michelle, have you thought about coming back? Mm-hmm. But she doesn't want to. I don't blame her. She wants to stay home with Taker and the kids. I'm cool with that. That's fine. But at the same time, she can go still, bro. Goodness. All right. Yeah. Now, perhaps I am overhyping this, but I actually kind of was intrigued. By the fact that Cameron came back. I'm not going to lie to you. I, too, was not only intrigued. I'm like, I'm fine. Like, Cameron came back. Okay. I liked how they actually played it into the, to the, to, um, why am I blanking on her name right now, considering that you she's talk- one of my favorites. So, no, Sonya Deville and Naomi. Uh-huh. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. I was blanking on Sonya Deville's name for, a, I kept on going to her real name, Dan- Donya Bernardo. Anyways. Mm-hmm. I like the fact that they played it into the Sonya Naomi yep. storyline. I really the, appreciated it. And 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 what's and what's an underrated part to a lot of people when it comes to the Royal Rumble? You have to have storylines. You have to have a lot yes. of storylines going on. Yes. I actually had a very in-depth conversation with somebody about how the 1999 Royal Rumble was literally one storyline and literally everybody else was filler for that one storyline, which was Vince versus Stone Cold. And very similar to 2016, where it was Roman against Mr. McMahon and Sheamus and Triple H. Yeah, but again, the point of that is when you don't have alternate storylines of other things that get set up, it can be construed as boring, which in a lot of cases it is. I agree. So, and can I just say that I feel like the women's Royal Rumbles since 2018 up until now have been much more effective in that regard, Ross, than the men's have. Am I am I looking too much into um, it or am I? I don't think you're wrong. I, I think I think they kind of have a fresh palette when it comes to the Women's Royal Rumble where they can try a lot of different things because they've only had a few of these matches. Okay. So I think whoever is laying them out, uh, whether Molly Holly has any input on that match, I know she's doing a lot of the television matches, 
whether she has any impact on the match um, itself or whatever, I think they have a little more of a fresh palette because they've just done less of it. That's all. Um, I'm going to get into a very controversial point at some point, but I will say um, we did see the Bellas. We knew they were covering. Uh, we got to see Ivory on this show, which was very interesting. Of course, uh, we 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 did see Summer Rae as well. Um, Sarah Logan came back. That was kind of interesting as well. Um, we we knew Lita was coming back. Mighty Molly that I just brought up, and then um, yeah, the Bellas. I did mention the Bellas. I'm going to get into my very controversial point after I get into the fact that we finally have the return of Ronda Rousey. And they gave us a very cool moment at the end of the match with Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler in the ring together. That was that was a cool moment because um, the final four was those two, Bianca and Charlotte. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, so, of course, Charlotte was in the match as a champion. Uh, Becky wrestled later in the night. So there was that storyline of a champion wrestling in the Rumble, which is not the first time that's happened. Um, and uh, Charlotte continues her streak of uh, making deep runs in the Rumble. Yeah, her and Roman keep doing that. Yep, her and, yep. Uh, it's, it, yes. So, um, of course, we I, I, I mentioned Mickey James before. All right, so the... The two main points I want to make on this show or in this match are, of course, Ronda Rousey. And then we have to talk about Liv Morgan because we have to talk about her. So uh, which would you like to do first? As the uh, resident Liv Morgan fan on this podcast, can we just go ahead and just talk about it for a second? Because they gave her the Iron Woman treatment, but had her do nothing. Okay. So Liv Morgan was in the match for 37 minutes and 20 seconds. By the way, I apologize. She was not the actual Iron Woman of the match. It was actually, my apologies. That was actually Bianca Belair, but yes. Yes. And uh, Charlotte Flair was in the match for 31 minutes. Yep. Rhea Ripley was in the match for just under 31 minutes. Yep. Another deep run for Rhea. Good for her. And a completely underrated person that went 36 minutes was Natalia. By the way, yep. not a by the way, not a surprise because, well, she's yeah, she's she's, she's the godmother of the women's division. And also she she does she helps little things in the match that help it progress. And yep. you need people in the Royal Rumble that do that. Actually, and you know, here's another thing on top of that, because you're absolutely right. I think it also helps because uh for those of you who don't know. Um, Tyson Kidd, mm-hmm. TJ Wilson, her husband, mm-hmm. is one of the chief producers of the women's matches in the division. Mm-hmm. And so because he is that, I'm not saying that there's like, oh, well, he's going to put his wife to run deep. No, 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 no. On the contrary, I think that the way that he thinks probably is the same way that Natty thinks, which is it's almost as if TJ's in the ring with them through Natty. Does that make sense? It does. So there is a, a, a like a coaching aspect and there's a however TJ wants that match to run. It's probably going to go through Natty and she is the this is a term that gets thrown around a lot. But how many how many times do you and I say a ring general? 
Natalia uh, is the ring general besides Charlotte. Eh, I don't even know. I think she might be a better ring ring char- general than Charlotte is. She is the ring general of the women's division in WWE. There is a big difference with Natalia's 36 minutes in the ring and Liv Morgan's 37 minutes in the ring. It's a lot more active. Now, Natalia did have two eliminations. Liv Morgan had zero. Zero. Okay. This is my controversial statement. I don't care if everyone disagrees with me. That's the way it is. She was in the match for 37 minutes with no eliminations. It's official. She is not a star. The fans may want her to be a star. You may like her. You may think she's got a big future. She is not a star. It is very obvious. She is not a star. She will be an important part of this division for as long as she wants to be. She's never going to be a star. You cannot put somebody in a match for that long and do nothing. Literally nothing. And change my mind. You just can't. If your idea was for her to be in the ring for 37 minutes and get over, I don't know, make her have some eliminations. Put her in some intriguing part of a storyline in the middle of the show. Uh, you know, make her to the point where, oh, maybe she's, you know, doing a lot of the work, but not really getting any of the eliminations because that storyline is that I'm just inserting somebody's name here. Shayna Baszler's getting a bunch of eliminations or Charlotte Flair's getting a bunch of eliminations or somebody else is kind of finishing the work that she's doing but you can tell that she's actually doing something in the match there was nothing memorable about her 37 minutes in the ring bro they had this nothing they had this palette of with when sarah logan came out in the rumble i was like oh liv's got backup for the first time all night especially when she was getting double teamed by the bella twins And what did they do with that? They not only had the Bella Twins be the ones that eliminate Sarah Logan, but then the Bella Twins proceeded to eliminate Liv Morgan shortly after that. And I was so, I I just felt so disgusted by that move. I was like, I I have no beef or quarrels with Nikki and Bella, uh, Nikki and Brie. Zero. By the way, I actually... I appreciated a very a couple of very cool things about the Bellas, which I'll mention afterwards because I know we're going to talk around next. But <clears throat> to not even make that Riot Squad moment actually mean something, especially since Liv is a much bigger star now to me than she was three years ago. And you still refuse to do anything with that. I was just like, the, le- the like that was a big F off from WWE to the fans of Liv Morgan and of the Riot Squad. I was just like, wow. They couldn't have spoken more clearly. So there's another very controversial statement I'm going to make, and it's the truth. And I really hope fans take these words to mean something. Okay. I understand that sometimes people get pushes and people get to where they are organically. And that's great. It's actually wonderful when everything comes into place where the company's behind them. It's happening organically. The fans want it to happen and it just works. Here's the problem. 
the fans believe that they run the show. They don't. There are times where they may get behind somebody and the office goes, you know what? Let's do it. And then there are other times where they get behind somebody and the office doesn't get behind them. And the fans whine and cry like the spoiled children that they are. And the company goes, you know what? Time to be the parent and time to not give you what you want. Lesson learned. So to everybody that thought Liv Morgan was getting a big push out of this pay-per-view, sucks to be you. And I'm sorry. I know you're a fan. I mean that in the nicest, less dickish way possible. But the but the reality is they made a very clear message in both rumbles to a couple of different superstars of this match that said, you are not at the level you think you are. And by the way, if Liv Morgan re-signed with this company, knowing that she was getting treated this way beforehand and signed up for more of it, guess whose fault that is? Yeah, no, that's fine. I mean, I understand it. It is what it is. Um, I just, you know, there is such a thing as fan service. Mm-hmm. sometimes mm-hmm. and i'm not saying listen i'm not saying Liv morgan needed to have a you know going all the way into the top four and i know who you're referring to i, I had to think about it for one second you're referring to Big E. you took it you took a swipe at biggie and that's fine i understand but no no, no. okay hold at on least hold one on elimination hold on hold on okay okay here's 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 some trivia for don jorge okay i want you to for over the last three years who have been the Royal Rumble winners for, 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 for both matches over the last three years? Okay. You okay, want to tell on. you right now? Yep. Go All ahead. Right. So last year was, uh, what was it? 2020, so it was Edge. And in 2019, it was Seth. And in 2018, it was uh, Shinsuke. Okay. For the, men. For the okay. women, last year, it was Bianca. Year before that was Charlotte. Year before that was Becky. And then, of course, Oscar was the first winner. Okay. So let's, let's, let's throw out the... Let's throw out the Charlotte win and let's throw out the, oh, and by the way, uh, Drew won if we're going back. Yeah. Drew won the rumble. Drew won in 2020. I apologize. Yes. So I said, oh, I'm sorry. I skipped 2020. So it was edge drew Rollins and all the way going back to 2018 with Shinsuke. Okay. Yes. So it's going to be 2020. Okay. So I'm going to throw out Charlotte. And I'm going to throw out Drew. Okay. And the reason I'm doing that one, because some people are never going to appreciate Charlotte and that's to their detriment because she's awesome. And if you don't think so, then I, I think you're just wrong. Um, again, that's my opinion. And the Drew thing, I think gained momentum. I don't know if the fans were like, you know what? That's the guy we want beating Brock Lesnar. And if you don't give it to us, we're going to whine and complain online. Uh, Shinsuke, everybody wanted Shinsuke to win. They gave it to him. Everybody wanted Asuka win. They gave it to them. Becky, everybody wanted her to win the Rumble after she lost. They gave it to them because of the storyline, right? And that propelled everything else. Uh, Edge, everybody was like, yep, that's got to happen. Gave it to him. So now we have a Rumble where, oh, we didn't give you what you wanted. Oh, now we're just going to cry about it some more. 
You know what would have been hilarious is if uh, is if somehow Austin Theory would have won the Royal Rumble for the men's side. Everybody would have lost their mind. Um, so I guess what I'm saying is this. You have Charlotte, who has done very well in this match. You have Bianca, who you're slowly, once again, building up as the star that, you know, she's she's grown to be. There, there are still parts of that push that are still a little wonky, but they're getting there. And then uh, Shayna was number 30. And then you had Ronda. So the reality is you had to do something because, of course, your idea for the match is you're going to have Ronda win, which she did. Um, everybody marked out. She came out at number 28. It, this was her return. And it, it's it's almost the perfect scenario. And this is why I don't understand the 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 hatred for Ronda Rousey coming back. Well, she can't win the Rumble. You can find a way to have her be at WrestleMania. She doesn't need to win the Rumble. Okay, well, here's 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 my here's my argument for that. So, your two champions are Becky and Charlotte. Okay. Ronda Rousey comes back. She wins the Rumble. Uh, the first ever main event in WrestleMania history that involved a women's match was the three of them. Okay. Now, I'm not going to get into that match because I have my opinion. Some other people have their opinion. It happened. Okay. So now you immediately tell the storyline of, okay, Ronda wins the match. Who's she going to pick? Are we finally going to get the Becky match? Are we going to get the Charlotte match? Which way are we going to go? Because the reality is the Becky character and the Charlotte character are both heels. But here's the problem. If you do Ronda versus Becky, no one's going to want to cheer Ronda. So that's the route you have to go with, even though that's not the story they're telling. But if you go the Charlotte route, she's automatically the baby face because nobody's going to cheer for Charlotte, which is whatever. But at least you have options, which, by the way, on Raw two days later, there was a confrontation in the ring in which they said, yep, you'll get my answer on Friday which Friday's tomorrow, so I have to presume that Ronda Rousey's showing up on SmackDown this week. Good! Excellent storytelling. I'm intrigued to watch, or I was intrigued to watch Raw. I'm intrigued to watch SmackDown for that storyline, amongst other things. Investment in your television shows! Good! Like, I see all these people online, you took an opportunity away from someone who deserved it more. Really? So Liv Morgan going to WrestleMania and main eventing against Becky or Charlotte. That's a better match. That's that's gonna get uh, that's gonna get more eyeballs to your product than Ronda yeah. Rousey. Yeah. Wrong. I um I was one of the many. I don't know if I'm one of the many. It's a, this topic is much more split down the middle than I could have ever expected it to be, Ross. And not between you and I, just the wrestling community in general. I was shocked and in disbelief to see how many people did disliked Ronda Rousey winning the Rumble. I was shocked. I was like, really? You guys actually don't want this to happen? Because if I, if memory recalls, if memory recalls, 
everybody and their mother was hyped up before Charlotte got inserted into Becky versus Ronda. Remember? Everybody was. Even Ross was at one point. Ross was actually hyped for Ronda Rousey versus Becky Lynch, even though he hated the man character. And then when Ronda, when Charlotte got inserted, that's when everything started going downhill and it never recovered, right? So to think to yourself nearly three years later that they're finally potentially going to go that route and those same fans that were a big fan of that story are no longer a fan of it and now having the audacity to say, oh, she's taking a spot from the women. Like, listen, I got all the love and the respect in the world for our homies over at Wrestling With Respect, Matt and Jenny. All the love in the world. But I saw I saw what Jenny said, and she was like, I don't want Rhonda taking a spot from one of the women who deserve it. I'm like, no disrespect. I'm not, I didn't say this to her, and if her and Matt listen or if Matt listens, I'm no disrespect when I say this because you know that I got a lot, lot of love for you guys. But more than half the women that were in that rumble have to have to okay, they have to thank Ronda Rousey for even being in the position that they're in now, let alone being worried about getting a spotting from them by a woman who is quote unquote part-time Tom love you brother, but she's not part-time. She signed for a full year. If she's showing up every week, that's not full-time to me. You just signed a one-year contract. That doesn't make you part-time. That makes you full-time for one year. There's, (laughs) there's a big difference. And so I was just shocked to see the hate, the dislike for it. People saying, Oh, gross we're getting this again it's like well what do you mean we're getting this again we never got it that's the other thing we never got it and so i can understand why people are annoyed with brock and roman which by the way you shouldn't be uh, although i have my thoughts on it i think they could have been more creative with how they're going about that but that's not the point you can't be mad at something that you were hyped up about that you never got you can't be mad at it and say oh we're getting this again it just doesn't make any sense. Like those people, some of those people sound stupid. They sound really stupid. And I'm just going to be real with you. No, You're right. Andres, I shouldn't say stupid. I'm sorry. My point is there was very few options to win this women's Royal Rumble match. There was very few options to the point that there was legitimately Ross only two options that could win on Saturday night. And it was either Ronda or it was Be- Bianca. I genuinely mean that there was no other person in that entire field that I could genuinely say they need to win the Royal Rumble. I know people could have said, Oh, Lita, Lita was kind of treated as an afterthought in the the whole grand scheme of things. She was, I think she was in the top seven or top six. I thought she was going to go a little deeper than she actually ended up being. And that's fine. They're giving her a match with Becky at elimination chamber, which should be absolutely a banger. And I'm very much looking forward to it, but you know, I don't think people should be mad at the Ronda pick because it's huge. It, 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 it puts the women back on the map. You know, all these people have complained that the women's division in WWE is completely depleted, Ross, which, by the way, they make an argument. They make a good argument. And you're one of those people. Maddie is one of those other people that say that. And that's fine. But to me, Ronda is not a detriment to the women's division. It is a value. It is an, a strong addition that, to me, was absolutely required and i'm glad that they did it and i think that this was the right move in the grand scheme of things it gives you two multiple it gives you multiple massive main event slots for the ladies at wrestlemania all right let me let me tell you something right now okay when you have a character on your show openly complain 
that Rhonda coming back from the same thing that she returned from upstaging her. Yeah. Yeah. Here's the thing. Okay. I have to be the bearer of bad news. Ronda Rousey is still more relevant than Becky Lynch will ever be. Oh my God. Your, 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 your motives for tonight are, are, are to set me off. I know they are. I in no way, shape or form at any point said or tried to compare Becky Lynch and Ronda Rousey throughout this entire conversation. I was simply talking about the women that are not in the main event spots. So therefore, Bailey is not included in that discussion. Becky Lynch, Charlotte, Sasha, you know, mm-hmm. those ladies, the horsewomen, and anybody else who might be uh, the Oscar. I mean, well. at this rate, uh, other than the four horsewomen, Bianca, the, the, the only two people they've really positioned in that level of competition are Oscar and Bianca Belair. Correct. So that's it. yes, and, and that's accurate. Okay. The fact that you have that Ross. And by the way, that does not include Liv Morgan. Go on. Okay. All right. That's enough with the Liv. Okay. I get it. I get it. I'll give you that. Do you want me to go that... off on Becky Lynch? At least she's dressing like a heel. Go on. That's the thing. The fact that you felt to, compelled to completely go out of your way to take a shot at the home nine Becky. minutes at WrestleMania burying Shayna Baszler. Go on. Not gonna, I'm not going to tell you anything. I'm moving on from that statement. You brought that up, okay? The fact that you felt compelled to have to bring up Becky and then choose to make the comments of saying Ronda's still more relevant than she is unnecessarily and unwarrantedly. I, 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 Seth lives in Roman's head free of charge. Becky lives in your brain rent-free, my brother. <laughs> No, no. I just have to be the reality check. Well, I just don't. But it's not necessary, dude. I mean, Becky Lynch is still the top dog in the women's division. Tell you what. Not just WWE. Tell you what. Professional wrestling as a whole. Let's be real. Tell you what. You know when I'll stop bringing it up? When Ronda beats her with an arm bar in 10 seconds at WrestleMania. Which won't happen. But that's okay. That being said. My point is. Ronda to me winning the rumble was absolutely the right decision. Now thousand percent. Yes. Now there are a couple of things that I want to go ahead and give props to. And there's a couple of things that I don't want to give props to. Okay. First make, and foremost, go make, ahead. I'm sorry. Make them quick. Cause we've probably been on this match a little longer than I wanted to. So that's go ahead. fine. And that's fine. A, I love the fact that Brie eliminated Nikki this time to get revenge for the last time they were in a rumble together where Nikki eliminated Brie. And it's always been Nikki getting one over on Brie. It was nice to see that to be the other way around. And not to mention, I kid you not, Nikki Bella's forearm is still one of the most devastating moves in women's wrestling today. I, I swear that's not a, that's not me being funny. Her, her forearm is a legit devastating maneuver. And she, if she can, if she decides to come back at a full-time basis on a full-time basis, she should actually consider using that as her finisher uh, instead of the uh, rack attack 2.0. It'd be a lot safer on her body. It'd be a lot safer on her body. A, and it's super believable. I mean, it's a really good forearm. Here's where I'm going to go ahead and critique the women's Royal rumble. And I, I love Charlotte flair. Okay. I do. 
I don't mind Charlotte getting a lot of eliminations. That's fine with me. They really positioned her very, very unnecessarily above the competition towards the end of that Royal Rumble. Like, she was big booting everybody. And the fact that and the fact that she got the double elimination on Bianca and on Shayna, I was like flabbergasted. I, I was like, really? That that's that's how unceremoniously we're eliminating Shayna Baszler and Bianca Belair right now? On, on that flip over? I was mesmerized. But then again, she literally lasted less than eight seconds against Ronda to finish the match. So it's a real weird toss-up, right, Ross? It's a weird conundrum for me. It's like here I am complaining about Charlotte getting these high, these uh, high-profile eliminations towards the end of, end of the match, mm-hmm. but then she only lasts in the, in the ring for less than 10 seconds with Ronda. I don't know what to think. So I do have one question for you, and I, I have a feeling I know what your answer is. Uh, uh-huh. are, we, are we going to have a women's elimination chamber? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, we we might we we might i know that obviously we're getting becky versus lita so i would assume that depending on what happens tomorrow which is today when this episode drops mm. depending on ronda's answer on smackdown we may i would assume that we'd have some tough some sort of number one contendership for either charlotte or charlotte is defending in that elimination chamber okay we'll have to wait and see okay I only ask because I know it hadn't been announced, but I didn't know if you'd heard anything. Or no, I haven't that, heard so. anything, but I would assume that after tomorrow, we'll hear a lot more or as we get closer to Elimination Chamber, yes. Okay. So that match went just under an hour. So it was the longest match on the show. It was one of the better things on the entire pay-per-view. I don't think that's hyperbole to say that. I'm not going to say it was the best thing on the show. That's my opinion. If you do say it's the best thing on the show, I can see where your argument is, and that's fine. I think uh, Jorge already said he likes the opening contest. That's fine. Again, my only critique was the finish, but I understand. I don't think anybody's going to say Becky Lynch versus Dewdrop for the Raw Women's Championship was the best thing on this show. Okay. I, I it wasn't I, the go ahead. I, I, I don't think it was the worst thing on the show. Thank you. But I don't think it was much better than the worst thing on the show. Uh see, I'm gonna I'm gonna actually disagree with you. I was I was thoroughly surprised by this match, Ross, in a good way. Are you saying you were more impressed by Becky or Dewdrop or what 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 impressed you? I thought the chemistry so remember when I was taught when we previewed it last week, one of the things that I was really hyped. Uh, hyping up on was the uh mixture of styles between becky and dewdrop seeing Mm -hmm. somebody that's in the ring with her that's actually physically more aggressive than becky lynch not named ronda rousey that's always been a thing that usually becky's the most aggressive person in the ring because of her physical style so for somebody to be in the ring with her that has the same style but is physically much bigger than she is was going to be very interesting and easily Dewdrop's best performance on the main roster so far. Easily. I don't think there's a question about that. Um, The dominance factor that she displayed on Becky Lynch was very interesting. Um, I was fine with it because from an actual storytelling perspective, it made sense. As a person, 
Dewdrop is much bigger than Becky Lynch. So for her to be the more dominant person in the match, that was fine. And they still didn't go about it in the way of like, oh, well, Becky Lynch made a babyface comeback, even though she's a heel. No, 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 no. But she didn't out. But Becky didn't win by mischievous ways or you know anything like that. Becky won, you know, fair and clean in the middle of the ring, off a manhandle slam off the second rope, which should be commended uh, on both of their parts. Um, and I thought that it was just really well wrestled. This was a well wrestled match. I thought the pacing was right. This match didn't go short, but this match also didn't overstay its welcome. I thought that it was a night. What would it go for Ross? 11, 12 minutes, something like that. Uh, it went, it was the shortest match on the card. I am at least, I believe it was maybe it, Brock and Bobby it, was, it was not the shortest match on the show. It went 13 minutes, 13 minutes. Okay, perfect. So I said just to take over 12. So my point is I thought it was well-paced. The only thing, that I will critique it on, and it's not the match's fault. It's a, a very similar situation to AJ and Daniel Bryan in 2019, Ross, where I felt that it was uh, deeply affected by the match that took place before it. I think that was the case. Also, the WrestleMania sign catching on fire in the middle of the match really, really hurt the fact that people stopped paying attention to what was in the ring, and they were paying attention to what was going on back there. So that's, that's something that's completely out of Becky and Dewdrop's control. Sure. That's fair. Um, okay. If I'm nothing else, I'm 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 consistent when it comes to this point in this type of setting. And I know, well, Raj, you're going to contradict yourself later in the show. It's not really a direct contradiction. So here's my point. At no point did I think Dewdrop was winning this match. Zero. Zero. Becky's not losing the title to Dewdrop at the Royal Rumble. It's not happening. So everything you just said, this is easily Dewdrop's best match on the main event or in or on the main card, I should say. Uh, it's definitely her best pay-per-view match. That's that's not disputable. And if people were to say that the Bianca matches on Raw have been better than this match, I will I will understand it and accept it. That's fair. And I'll agree with you that they did have pretty decent chemistry for what they were given and what they did. However, your point about it being right after quite possibly the best thing on the show did hurt it. But again, that's kind of the way things go. There was an argument that the women's Royal Rumble should have gone on last. Uh, my argument is for what they did in the men's Royal Rumble, there's no way that can't be the last thing on the show. I don't care if you don't like it. That is the thing that has to close the show. Um, so in that case, I would have opened the show with the rumble and done slightly different booking or slightly different shuffling of the card. So for the middle of this card on this show, it was fine. Uh, again, I wasn't blown away. I wasn't, you know, thinking Dewdrop needs to be, you know, highlighted on every pay-per-view against champions for the next six months. But it was fine. It was not the worst thing on the show, but it wasn't anywhere close to the best thing on the show. That's all. So if that's a backhanded compliment, then I guess that's a backhanded compliment. So, all right. The next match was Brock Lesnar defending his WWE championship against Bobby Lashley. Now, 
Uh, the first thing I will say, and I did not notice this when I watched this, but somebody told me this and I could believe it if it happened, but I did not see it this way. So I want your immediate reaction to what I'm about to say. Apparently, there was a point in the match where supposedly Bobby Lashley dropped Brock Lesnar right on his neck. And the rest of the match was Brock Lesnar giving receipts to Bobby Lashley until the finish. I would disagree with that completely. Okay. Now, again, that's why I wanted your initial reaction. Because remember when Brock Lesnar and Daniel Bryan fought, and I told you Brock Lesnar just dropped him on his neck and he's hurt. And that did not turn out to be the case. And that was just him selling really well. First of all, I was happy that Daniel Bryan didn't get, you know, re-paralyzed or not re-paralyzed, but hurt again and possibly paralyzed because of the injury, because of how he was reacting after that. I, I felt like he was a limp noodle for a couple minutes there. I was, I was genuinely concerned. It kind of took me out of the match. That's actually what makes that match so absolutely incredible is Daniel Bryan selling towards Brock Lesnar and then Brock Lesnar selling for Daniel Bryan later on. Yes. Now, now that I know that that was in the hindsight, case, in I hindsight. can appreciate that a lot more. 100%. I agree because you and so, I both watched that match together. And we so, were just blown away. Carry on. Now, I understand the argument that this match is the reason why people like seeing Brock against the smaller guys and why Brock works better against the smaller guys. I I can see that argument. Okay. But, and this is why I said I'm very consistent when I say this. I enjoy wrestling matches where I get to see two larger-than-life individuals just beat the hell out of each other. That's what this was. So if you were to tell me I'm going to get a 10-minute match of Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley beating the hell out of each other, and we got a title change? Best thing on the show in my book. Best thing on the show. So here's the thing. I, I, I don't understand why whoever said that. I, I mean, I guess I can understand maybe they maybe they thought Brock's reaction was like, oh, OK, I'm coming to get you because uh, I know exactly the suplex you're talking about, because it was a it was a viciously awesome German suplex delivered from Bobby Lashley to Brock Lesnar. And Brock Brock's reaction was like, oh, oh OK, I actually thought Brock was impressed. I don't think that that was Brock. I'm going to kill you. I thought that was Brock genuinely being impressed, breaking kayfabe for two seconds because Bobby Lashley shot him very high up in the air. But I never saw Brock Lesnar land in a bad manner. Okay. I thought that he landed relatively safe. If anything, I will say this, and and I think, you know, I think one of the things that makes Brock Lesnar's matches so great is the level of comfort that he can have with the respective opponents that he wants to give offense towards. You know, we've seen it with AJ. We've seen it with Punky Brewster. We've seen it with D. Bry. We've seen it with Rollins. You know, there's a respective amount of small guys that he just loves working with because of what they do for him and then what he allows them to do to him, right? And it's very often, very, very minimal that the guys that are his size get as much offense. So it's, 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 it's incredibly rare, but you know, Roman is one of those guys that gets a lot of offense against Brock. And I think because Brock has come to respect Roman 
uh, besides the fact that that's how the back wants it. Uh, you know, I think that there's a, a sense of comfort between Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns at this point. Um, and then the Undertaker has been one of those guys that has that Brock has always sold super well for, right? Um, and what I noticed was Bobby be one of those guys too. Now, I bring up the comfort thing because Brock sometimes gets a little bit too comfortable and he gets a little bit too forceful. And I did notice a couple of vish more more on the vicious side german suplexes delivered to bobby you know where bobby was was landing to me what looked like to be on his either on his rotator cuff or almost on his clavicle but i don't think that that was him just tossing bobby lashley around like a rag doll i just genuinely think that 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 bobby is one of the bigger dudes that brock's been in the ring with in a long time and it just looked a certain way but then also bobby lashley can handle that because of the way his he's built physically. So I don't know, maybe I'm looking at it the wrong way, but I didn't see any receipt giving from Brock Lesnar at any point during that match. Okay. That's just me. Uh here's my next question to you. What did you think of that finish? I thought the mission the the, the finish made absolute sense if that's the route that they wanted to go with. They wanted if, if they want Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. And, and by the way, had this match happened at day one. Paul Heyman was going to turn on Brock Lesnar at day one. But because they didn't get the match at day one, they got it at the Royal Rumble. We now saw Paul Heyman turn on Brock Lesnar at the Royal Rumble instead. So, And by the way, that gave us four extra great weeks of Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman on television together. All right. So, again, this is this is the overlying theme of this show, okay? Roman Reigns contracted the virus. He could not wrestle at day one. They were not going to put Brock Lesnar in a match that made no sense. So they pivoted. They put him on Raw. They basically traded Brock Lesnar for Seth Rollins right. for a month. Okay? Because I genuinely think they're both going back to the other brands. Well, if anything, they're both in the Elimination Chamber match, so Brock's still over on Raw, and which, Rollins is also in there. Too. Which, yeah. which, which we're getting there. Well, okay. Sorry. Didn't mean but, no, 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 no. But I think... I think the consensus is that Brock's going to face Roman no matter what, which may actually tip because there's there's an idea that's brewing and I want to see what your thoughts about it is because I have mixed feelings. Um, let me tell you something right now. If you were not sold on Bobby Lashley, the performer, MVP, Bobby Lashley being a main eventer or Bobby Lashley officially breaking Anything remote that says he's not a big deal in this company, that match squelched that right off the bat. Right off the bat. Mm-hmm. No more talk of this. Oh, well, they're wasting Bobby Lashley or, oh, Bobby Lashley's just here taking a spot from another guy. No. Whoever thought that is crazy. Let me tell you something right Absolutely now. Absolutely not. Yeah. that That's crazy. That guy... That guy's a big freaking deal if I could steal from Seth Rollins. That's fine. And not to mention, Bobby got exactly what he's been asking for for 16 years. And Bobby delivered in the position. Bobby delivered in that position. Look, okay. Now, I know what the argument's going to be, and that's totally fine. How many big spots has Bobby Lashley been in since he came back that he has not delivered? There's been a couple. I mean, the Roman rat, the Roman, the Roman match 
that he had in 2018 could have been had left a lot to be desired. Okay. And um, the intercontinental championship run before he lost it to Finn Balor at WrestleMania 35 left a lot to be desired. Okay. It was until he was finally put into the position where him and MVP started the hurt business where it was like, okay, here we go. Okay. Now they got it. So, so it took him a couple of years from his comeback to finally get it together. So I will simply just make the argument that putting Bobby Lashley in a position where he can succeed, he's knocked it out of the park 100% of the time. I, think, I will agree with you. I, I think the Roman match was a little clunky. You're right. And quite, and quite frankly, I don't think he and Finn Balor had great chemistry. I think I think that was two jigsaw pieces that did not fit. That's true. I'll give you that because his triple threat match with Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose when he won the Intercontinental Championship at the beginning of 2019 Great match. was a terrific match. Great match. Now, yeah. well, he's in the ring with Rollins and Moxley. Well, I'm sorry. If you're in a triple threat match, it takes three to tango. It does friend. take three to tango. And not to mention in last year's Royal Rumble, him and Big E were two of the massive bright spots in that match. Very true. You know, even though they didn't last very long when they were in, they made an impact, especially when they went against one another, which is actually what made people so hyped up for what was going to become Big E versus Lashley when Big E cashed in on him at in the middle part of the year, of course. Yes. So, and he was in the middle of that dominant United States championship run, which I've gone on record in saying that's been the best the U.S. title has looked since maybe Cena having held it back in 2015, not to the same point, but it made it look a lot better in people's eyes than it should have. And that's thanks to Bobby Lashley. I am not going to question Bobby Lashley as a main eventer probably ever again, if, if I ever did. So, and when you beat Brock Lesnar, that's a big deal. It's kind of a big deal. So congrats to Bobby Lashley. He's a champion again. Um, you mentioned the Hurt Business. They probably pulled the plug on that a little too early, but you know what? Uh, he and MVP have worked every single spot they've been. Let's keep it up. That's all I'm saying. So Bobby Lashley is your new WWE champion in a match that lasted 10 minutes. And guess what? Didn't overstay its welcome. Never felt it was too short. I was happy. Then we had the low point in the show. And uh, I was as disappointed as probably most people were that this match was not better than it was. I was not expecting this to be great. I did expect it to be better than it was. Edge and Beth Phoenix versus Miz and Maurice in a mixed tag team match. I thought at the very least this would extend the feud. I don't know if I care to see Edge versus Miz again. Which is a far cry from where we were not that long ago. When I was telling you, these two had some of the best promo work in wrestling at the time. And how I loved the possibilities of the feud. And how it kind of mirrored the MJF Punk thing. Not at the same level. I'm simply stating the positions that they're in. I laid it all out multiple podcasts ago. Just go back and listen to our show. We're awesome. Come on now. I laid it out very succinctly about how I thought it was their response to the MJF Punk situation with the characters and the promo style and the work and everything else. 
this mixed tag may have killed all interest for me to see a follow-up match. Especially since, to me, the wrong team won. Because to me, now you've had Edge just win and win. And now I don't really need to see Miz get his revenge. Like, feud over. Have them both do something else. And perhaps I'm being too downtrodden on this match, but that's kind of how I felt about this match. You could have done this exact same match and had Miz and Maurice have a screw job finish, and I'd be much more entertained to see something else involving Edge and Miz going into either Chamber. I mean, Mania probably would have been a stretch, although, I mean, you can make any storyline stretch if it's compelling, but... You're going to have to make a strong argument for me to say, yeah, like this is something that needs to continue because as of this moment, uh, neither man is in the chamber match because it's for the WWE title. I thought Miz won a spot. Did he not? So as of this moment, as of this moment, it's Lashley, Lesnar, Rollins, Theory, Riddle, and Styles. Oh, that match with Dominic was not for a spot in the chamber. I apologize. Okay, I I thought it was. Correct. Correct. So, okay. Um, So, yeah. Do you have any thoughts on this match before we get to the main event? Yeah, man, I'm actually going to disagree with you um, okay. in, in a way. And, and what I mean by that is I, I, you and I both picked Miz and Maurice to win this match. However, I still had a ton of fun watching it. Um, I don't know if it was – I think a lot of it had to do with Maurice really impressed me in this match, really impressed me. Um, her character work was absolutely sublime. Which shouldn't really come as a surprise because Maurice has always been great at her character work. It's been her in-ring work that's maybe been questionable, but I don't think it's ever been terrible. I think it's just been solid. Um, And then Beth, of course, is one of the greatest of all time. Um, But to me, their work was even more captivating than what Edge and Miz were doing in the ring, which is probably what made this match even more fun for me. And here's the thing. What you mentioned about Miz and Maurice winning, making more sense is completely 100% valid, especially when Maurice brought in the bricks in the bag again and almost won the match, which shocked me to see Beth kick out. But because of everything else that was happening, because of Miz, because of Maurice's performance, I mean, the woman pulled out a hurricanrana out of nowhere. I did not see that coming whatsoever. Maurice and her Karana do not go well. And she made that completely be forgotten because they was awesome. And Beth's performance as a whole, just that to me was one of the more fun matches to watch in the card, regardless of it completely not doing what I thought it should do. So because it looked like more of a feud ender, maybe that's the reason, but I agree with you. I kind of would have liked to have seen Miz and edge go for one more round. Uh, and I don't think we're going to get that. I, I, I don't see it working. I mean, unless you got to give Miz a win. You just got to give the Miz a win, right? But overall, I thought that from a storytelling and fun perspective match, I actually had a fun time watching. It was great. It was it was it went longer than I thought it was going to go. It was one of the more longer regular matches on the card, wasn't it? What was it like 14 minutes? Um, It was 12 and a half. 
Oh, it was 12 and a half? No, it felt longer than that. Nope, it was the well, second. Well, even then, say it, still, it still felt longer than I thought it should have. But overall, I still had a great time watching it. So, I don't know. Oh. I, I, I'm, 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 I'm torn. Okay. I'm torn between storytelling logic and actually having fun watching the match with between four really strong performers. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Main event time. Men's Royal Rumble. Whoever wins gets a championship match at WrestleMania 38. I'm going to be very blunt. MVP of the Men's Royal Rumble, AJ Styles. He carried the first half of the match. Carried it. Now, I will say this. I will Mm -hmm. say this. Given the finish that we got, I think I would have had AJ make it all the way to the finals and lose to Brock. I'm telling you right now, he got eliminated way too early. Way too early. Now, again, that's why I'm prefacing. He's, to me, the MVP of the match. And he's absolutely the MVP of the first half of the match. He's the MVP of the first half of the match, but I don't, I can't, I can't give him the title of MVP for the entirety of the match when he didn't even make it all the way to the halfway point. Okay. Now I understand that Brock had five eliminations and he won. I wouldn't Um, even give Brock the, I wouldn't even give Brock. Oh, oh, we're trust me. There's, there's some other people that I'm going to give a lot of, a lot of credit to in this match. There's a couple of people that really blew it out of the water. All right. So, so uh, AJ was number one. Shinsuke was number two. That was fun. That was a lot of fun, by the way. That was fun. That was a lot of fun. It, it's a shame that Shinsuke got eliminated so quickly, actually. It was also AJ got eliminated by Madcap Moss. How the hell does that happen? See, okay, so that's the thing. That's the thing right there. Baron Corbin, or Happy Corbin, I should say. Mm-hmm. It's, it's Okay, I can't stress this enough. Happy Corbin is one of the best wrestling big men on planet earth today actually I love no Corbin. ross I've, I've gone on record saying to me the best big man in pro wrestling today right now is baron corbin it is uh, and people can is... argue with me all day long that's fine you're allowed to your opinion it's your opinion but my opinion is baron corbin is the best big man in pro wrestling today madcap moss however is <laughs> he's jacked he's jacked and he actually to be fair to madcap moss he wasn't terrible in the Rumble. He really wasn't. But if you eliminating AJ Styles is a big deal, I would think so. Which is a spot Matt that Cat I would Moss should not be getting that honor bestowed upon him. I definitely would have given that to Corbin. I would have either given it to Corbin. I would have given it to maybe Gable. I would have given it to Theory. If the Austin Theory actually, I mean, listen. Boy, howdy. The Austin Theory thing, I just don't under... Well, actually, I know exactly what happened. Somebody in the back got a little bit too cute with their with their, with their their powers, potentially, mm-hmm. and thought that some things should go some ways and some others should go the other, which makes no sense. Mm-hmm. But the way that they've been portraying Austin Theory on television, I expected him... Like, if you told me Austin Theory and AJ Styles made it all the way to the top six... I would have believed you. And Austin Theory was actually having a relatively good showing. So mm-hmm. if considering that you, we talked about the, the storytelling between 
the women in the women's Royal Rumble match, AJ and Theory is one of those few that makes sense. Very similar to Jeff Hardy and Austin Theory at Survivor Series, right? We talked about that because that's the ending sequence of this men's Survivor Series match was what made it to me one of the better matches on the show that uh, in November. So you have that there and you can use that, but you use it for Madcap Moss, which makes no sense. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's a little weird. Um, this, this men's Royal Rumble had a lot of filler, a lot of tag teams, a lot of tag teams, mm-hmm. a lot of also the women's Royal Rumble, uh, uh, people coming in after one another who were on the same team to me. I didn't like that. So like uh, exa- example, a Cameron coming out and then the person that came out after her was Naomi. And then well, that, no, 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 no. But that I'm fine with because they both got eliminated by Sonya. That's fine. Yes, you're, you're right. But here's another example. Montez Ford coming out at like f- whatever it was, maybe six. seven or eight, six, six. And then uh, what? Not not the following person, but the following person after that, Angelo Dawkins. Like it was uh, just, Dawkins was 10. OK, so six and 20. Like that, that's that's a little close for me. Well, do you want? Well, I know what your answer is going to be. Have Angelo Dawkins come out at six and have Montez Ford come out at 25. Yeah, I, I get it. But again, the spot was they were both eliminated, both eliminated by Amas. That was the spot that they yes. wanted to do. Yeah. Um, Johnny Knoxville for the minute and a half he was in there. Perfectly fine. Incredibly entertaining. Him and Sami Zayn, that whole thing was actually much more entertaining than I could have ever imagined. Was it me? And uh, I, If Razor's listening to this show, what up, Razor? But the reaction that Johnny Knoxville actually got, that wasn't piped in. That was not a piped-in sound. That no. was legitimately people popping for Johnny Knoxville. All about you. I was very happy to hear that reaction for Johnny Knoxville. As was I. Uh, yes. So, okay. So, uh, AJ lasted 29 minutes. Austin Theory was in the match for 22. Why Ridge Holland was in the match for 19 minutes, I have no idea. Um, he was better than Madcap Moss, though true you know and and the, the the him getting eliminated as Sheamus came to the ring I could understand um Dolph lasting 20 minutes totally fine with because Dolph's That's another one of those happened. no and again Dolph's another one of those guys similar to Natalia yeah. you need somebody in the ring that's going to help you get from point A to point B for a certain amount of time in the match you have to I agree because because they're just good at everything they do um and then of course Sheamus was in this now I know this is going to be cliche because this is how oh this is when everybody starts paying attention. The rumble really didn't start feeling real until probably Drew got in the ring. I know so, Riddle, I know Riddle was in right before him, mm-hmm. but to me the rumble didn't really start feeling like oh okay now we're like because some rumbles I feel like you're invested early on. Yeah. I was not truly invested until Drew came out, which, by the way, which, by the way, again, Drew came out. I was genuinely surprised. Me too. Me too. Thank you. That was so that was the other surprising. That was the real surprise to me of the entire evening was Drew McIntyre showing up about six weeks before people expected him to. Okay. I was like, whoa. Now, now here's what I will say. Okay. I knew Brock Lesnar was winning this match. As soon as he lost the title, 
I knew he was winning this match <coughs> because that was that was their decision. They were they were either going to have Roman lose or they were going to have Brock lose because 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 we're going to get Roman versus Brock unless there's a very weird rumor that I don't know that I'm okay with or not, but I'll hold my judgment. I knew Brock was winning this match. Okay. You can not have Drew come back and be the last guy eliminated. You just can't. You can't. You can't. You can't sell me on the guy comes back from a bad injury early and he doesn't win the rumble. That's that is that is a bad spot to put him in. And I get it. Drew won a rumble and there's some poetic justice about him winning another rumble being, you know, having another win over Brock Lesnar. And I get that argument, but I'm sorry if the story is. You had a match in mind at day one. You couldn't do it. So you pivoted and now you're getting the match at WrestleMania. And this is the story you're on. You don't derail that story. You just don't. You go with it. So to me, you can put Drew in the match and you can have him make it to the final four. You can't have him not, you know, you you can't have him almost win the match. Which is why I still make the argument of because I really truly believe that AJ Styles is going to be a babyface very, very soon. If you have AJ Styles go the entire way and he's so exhausted and he can't beat Brock Lesnar, that's a great storyline. Let me tell you something right now. AJ fighting his ass off and almost beating Brock Lesnar, even though everybody knows Brock Lesnar's probably going to win. That's a great relaunching of babyface AJ Styles. That is a story that could now AJ doesn't even have to face Brock for a while. Even if you don't do it for a while, that's still a nugget that you can pay off at SummerSlam, some other show you want to do. If the it's the same a, thing we just talked about Biggie and Lashley in last year's Royal Rumble. It's if the it's the same a, thing. If it's a one-off, if it's a feud, you know they work well together, right? So you could have that storyline still keep AJ really strong and not have a gut punch to people that were like, wow, Drew's back? Holy cow, this is massive. To then take it away from them. Because he's the last guy eliminated. And okay, now, um, okay, final four was Brock. Oh, gosh, no, I can't blow that yet. Okay, sorry. I'll get to the final four. Trust me. Okay, I'm going to start with the positive first. Then we'll get to all the negativity about the guy who made it to the final four. I have no idea why they did this. We'll get there because I know you're heated about it, too. All right. Are you ready to be surprised? Are you ready to be shocked? I'm always ready to be surprised and shocked on this podcast, Roswell. Go ahead. You know who had one of the most entertaining seven minutes and 41 seconds on this show? Go ahead. Bad a freaking bunny. Benito. Sorry, baby. That guy. That guy was awesome. He was excellent. Like that to me. That to, I know you're going to probably hate me for saying this, but I thought he was more of an MVP candidate than, than AJ was. Okay, so Bad Bunny uh-huh. did 
a very cool destroyer spot. I, I've, I've, people have gone around. They're calling it the Bunny Destroyer. No, I'm sorry, that's the Puerto Rican destroyer to me. But whatever. All right, so he did, he did the destroyer spot, which, yeah. which, which looked very clean, by the way. Oh yeah, no, shout out to Matt Riddle. Shout, shout out to Riddle. Which obviously sold that perfectly. Which obviously means that they practiced it, which is fine because yeah. if you're going to do that move, do it safe. Of course. Um, and that's the second time that he's done it. And the two people that he's done it on know how to ta- take that perfectly because John Morrison took it at WrestleMania last year. Now, I will also say this. I'm actually really happy they did the stuff with Bad Bunny and Brock Lesnar. It was really fun, wasn't it? I'm, I'm actually really glad they did that because, again, I'm going to say something perhaps controversial, but that's kind of what I like to do on this show anyway. Remember how I said Liv Morgan is not a star? Well, after the end of that rumble, Matt Riddle is not a star. You want to know why? You want to know why? Go ahead. Because they could have very easily said, we're doing the spot with Brock Lesnar that they chose to do with Bad Bunny with Matt Riddle. And they chose not to. Well, okay. So let me hear. Go ahead. I'll let you finish. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. I understand you have Bad Bunny in the match. You like him. And again, I have only positive things to say about Bad Bunny. I'm not complaining I'm, at all. I'm actually all. surprised. This is great. Go ahead. I, I'm not complaining about. Okay. At, at any point, have I complained about Bad Bunny's work in the ring? No, no. You were very fairly respectable about his work at WrestleMania last year. You were. Okay. Okay. To be fair. Completely. Okay. No, no. Actually, because... and by the way, I, I completely forgot about that match last year when I did my top, when we did our top 10. Mm-hmm. And looking back at it i i i probably could have put that in my top 10 the it should only, have been an honorable mention the, the only critique i had was that i never thought it should have been Miz and morrison versus bad bunny and damian priest i thought that always should have been Miz versus bad bunny which yeah. by the way i still think would have been a much more fire match than what we got especially since if you have it in a controlled setting you protect bad bunny from his inexperience Miz knows what he's doing, and I think it could have been a really much more entertaining thing that we got. That's my True. opinion. That's All I'm saying fair. is that I'm fair with the fact that Bad Bunny has been very, very good with the limited stuff he's done in WWE. He's become a, one of the best, if not the best WWE celebrity ambassador that I could think of right now. I, I genuinely, that is a genuine compliment. So, I love Bad Bunny. Everybody knows that. So when you give that spot to a celebrity instead of a guy you're supposedly pushing that's an indictment on the talent that you're so and so supposed to be pushing especially since there was a vicious rumor that claimed that the original plan was riddle to win the royal rumble vicious vicious why in in what well, he wins the rumble and somehow we get him and Randy and all. Why? That is the most just, ignorant thing I've ever heard. Why? It, it genuinely just, is. I, just why? Okay. Can I, can I just go off on that for two seconds? Sure. Because I, I'm in complete agreement with you because I don't mind riddle. Riddle annoys me. Matt riddle. The man has his much big issues outside of wrestling that I've already addressed on other occasions that I'll choose not to address right now. Matt Riddle to me is like, fine. He's a fantastic talent. Like he is one of legitimately one of the better wrestlers on the roster today, but his character, I've never been a big fan of RK bro has gone far enough. Yada, yada, yada. 
in no way, shape, or form do I want to see Matt Riddle versus Randy Orton for a WWE title at WrestleMania. Not only do I not want to see that, I could care less if they broke up today, tomorrow, on Christmas, Ross. I, I, I could care less. I really could. As a tag team, they're doing fine. They're doing fun stuff with, with Otis and with Gable in the Alpha Academy. Okay, that's cool. They're having a good time. They're making me laugh. Randy's exceptional. That's fine. Keyword, Randy is exceptional. To me, RK-Bro is working not because of Riddle as much, but it's working to me a lot more because of Randy. And here's the other thing. If you were to give me a rivalry between Randy and Riddle right now, I want Randy as the baby face. I don't want Riddle as the baby face. I don't. I really don't. I want it to be that Riddle is the one that turns on Randy and he's the heel. And therefore, Randy beats him. A. B. No title is needed. People were trying to compare this to Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho back in 2017. That is absolutely the worst comparison I have ever heard because they were like, oh, well, Kevin Owens and Jericho had the universal title, you know, mixed in in there. That's because Kevin Owens was the universal champion, you nimrods. He was the champion. And guess what? Chris Jericho was the one that was helping Kevin Owens keep that around his shoulder. So, of course, Chris Jericho would want to screw Kevin Owens out of the Universal Championship for screwing him over. What the heck does the WWE Championship have anything to do with anything that Matt Riddle and Randy Orton are doing right now? It has nothing to do with it. Nothing. Whoever was actually in creative and actually thought that Matt Riddle should be the winner of the 2022 Royal Rumble must have been smoking something hard. And... The only positive thing that I will say about Shane McMahon is if he's the one that vetoed the idea of of Matt Riddle winning the Royal Rumble, that is the only positive thing that he did on Saturday night. That's it. Which leads us right into Shane McMahon coming out at number 28 and getting an elimination. Now, here's what's funny. Here's what's actually really funny. The fact that he eliminated Kevin Owens kind of makes sense. Yes, but here's the other thing. Mm-hmm. The, I, I agree with you because of the 2019 rivalry. Uh-huh. But the thing about that was the crowd was definitely cheering KO as the babyface right now on Saturday night. No, I get it. I get no, 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 no. Over okay. him anyways. No, no, okay. That was me being facetious. That was me. I know. That was me saying, if that's what they were going for. Well, that, and that least, is what they were going for because Michael Cole called it on commentary. So okay, you're right. Okay. Okay. But here's the problem, though. He doesn't work for WWE anymore. So now it's just, he just eliminated Kevin Owens and there's no follow up. So now it means nothing. Okay. <laughs> now, your final four of this match was Brock Lesnar, Drew McIntyre. Shane McMahon and Riddle. All right. Now, I'm going to make two tweaks to this final four. And well, I think I think it's going to be I think it's going to be better. But actually, before I get to the tweaks, let me say this. 
I said earlier this match had a lot of fill. It did. A lot of it. There were only a few guys that were probably going to win this match. Drew coming back was a very, very nice surprise. Came back at 21. I figured he would come back. Well, I I should say, I didn't think he was going to come back. But if I knew that he was going to come back, I, I probably would have had him come back a little bit later. And maybe had somebody else work a little bit longer because drew almost worked 20 minutes in this match he almost did so which again i mean he's back early obviously he was cleared but this is one of those situations where i would be a little careful especially if you don't think he's gonna win so that's so that's number one so i listed the final four earlier and I'm going to make two tweaks to the final four. And I want you to tell me, because I know what the answer is going to be. Tell me if this wouldn't make a more compelling final four. Okay. okay. So I would still have Drew and I would still have Brock. In my in my world, with how they booked it and how I would have said, I would have had AJ Styles make the final four, and I actually would have had AJ be the last guy eliminated. That's me. But if you're asking me who else should have made the final four with Drew McIntyre, AJ Styles, and Brock Lesnar, Other than people that, you know, could work and it'd still be nice for them to make a final four and go down in history and just help the final four get to where it needs to be, you know, a la Dolph Ziggler or somebody like that, because you know they're going to do well in that spot. I'm here to tell you right now, I I, I think I would have put Bad Bunny in the final four. (laughs) I don't think that that's crazy. I don't think that that's as crazy as you think. Um, He was super over. He was super over. I think I would have had, I think I would have had Brock mm-hmm. eliminate Bad Bunny like they did. I think I would have had Brock eliminate Drew. And then I think I would have done an exchange where, you know, AJ is so dang tired because he's worked the whole match. And then, you know, you have him and Brock go for between two and five minutes. And then Brock just, overpowers him and just beats him here's here's a way to do it aj is going to try and hit a styles clash on brock brock powers out of it and drops an f5 on him out of the ring yep i think that's a great way to work um yeah i I like the bad bunny pick i don't know if you got a chance to talk about this yet i'm going to talk about it now oh there is there is one more thing i do need to talk about before we close up but go ahead biggie was just I don't know. I don't know who in the world back there thought that it was a good idea to just have him be eliminated just like randomly. But this man just lost the WWE championship literally a month ago. And for him to be unceremoniously dumped out of the off top rope when he was to me a dark horse in this match. You know, because, listen, what you said about Bad Bunny being the top four, I'm cool with it. But if you want to legitimately look at it, I think Big E should have absolutely been in the top four. Legitimately. There's no question. All right. So I said this before. 
And it's basically coming to fruition, which is, and hate me if you want, but this is this is stuff that they look at. Um, when he was on top, uh, his his merch was not doing very well. And I said this before, and I will say it again. People like Big E in his New Day persona. When you don't detach him from that persona, you're not allowing the character to evolve to the next progression of what he needs to be as a competitor. When you don't change anything about what he does, no one's going to see him at the same level as when you put him in a silly, goofy part of a trio. I'm wondering, Ross, I'm wondering if the idea at any point had come across creative, or maybe this was the actual thing and it didn't get to work out because of, you know, things that happened. But I'm wondering if had Kofi completed his move and actually gets back in the ring, I wonder if this is where we start to see the dissension between the New Day and I'm wondering if maybe it's Big E. Maybe they could have used this opportunity for Big E to eliminate Kofi. All right, so let's so let's actually segue into that. You actually did that very professionally because that I is where that. I'm going. Because I, you know, told you that's where I was going. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I, I got some journalistic things that I get that I got going on in my sleeve. There was a <laughs> there was a major botch in the men's Royal Rumble. Now I say major because we'll never know. But uh, it was time to do the Kofi spot on the outside of the ring. And uh, Kofi landed on the floor. Now, here's the thing, okay? Uh Honestly, I don't care whose fault it is. I don't care if it was Kofi's idea, Vince's idea, whoever booked this match's idea. Uh, Honestly, it doesn't matter. Because here's the thing, you keep trying to do this spot year after year, an accident's going to happen. It just is just the like, okay, I'm going, I'm going to simplify this because it's just the reality. He did a springboard from the top rope and tried to stick on a wall on the outside, like a spider. Listen. Here's the problem. It it looked like it hurt. Here's the problem. Mm. There's this thing called gravity (laughs) that when you fly from further distances up, you drop a lot faster. (laughs) Okay. Like for those of you that, uh, that don't know how gravity works. Uh, yeah. Drop something from 10 feet from the air and then drop something from 30 feet from the air. The thing that drops from 30 feet in the air is going to travel a lot faster and probably hit a lot harder. Yeah. So it it, it looked like it hurt. Well, no. Am I glad that he's not hurt? Yes. Uh, We hope that he's not hurt because he could have easily cracked a couple ribs. uh, Dude, you can you can tear a groin doing that with the way he landed. Yeah. uh, You know, you can you can tear any type of muscle. You can you can break a bone in your foot. You can anything. And he almost got it, too. I know, but here's the thing, okay? He didn't get it. I know. And the same way that John Morant did not get a poster on somebody last night, and Sports Center's like, 
Oh, John Morant with the almost poster. My man got blocked. Carry on. Hey, <laughs> side note, watch out for the Grizzlies this year. Oh, they yeah, look, they're disgusting. They, I, anyway. John Morant is a superstar now. He is. Carry on. He, yes. Uh, so, for all I know, he was going to do his spot, get right back <laughs> in the ring, and get eliminated. Which is typically what happens. But... For, you know, it's not like he was going to win. No offense to Kofi, but he wasn't going to win. Okay. So at least it didn't screw up the finish. Like, imagine if Brock Lesnar's like, you know what? I'm going to fly off the top rope and land on the outside. Even though I know I'm winning, I'm going to chance screwing up the whole rumble to do that. That would never happen. But we don't know if Kofi was supposed to last 30 more seconds, make the final four. We don't know how many more spots he was involved in. So when you chance that, you risk basically screwing up the whole match. Because all like look, the Royal Rumble is a much harder match to script out than people think it is. Okay? You've got timing, you've got specific eliminations in certain parts of the ring, you've got certain times where you're stopped, there's certain times where, you know, X amount of people are fighting X amount of people. It's a whole production. It really is. Like, I hope people realize, like, this is not just call everything on the fly. I'm sure there's, I'm sure there's certain stuff that's called on the fly. There's less of that now, but so much of this stuff is patterns. Imagine if Kofi had to be in the spot at the end of the match with, with Brock Lesnar. And they're like, well, that's screwed. Improvise. Like, I guess, I guess that's what I'm saying is, look, I understand it. Mistakes happen. And at the end of the day, it probably didn't change much. Okay. But chances are when you do that spot every year, mistakes are going to happen. Well, here's the way that I look at it. I don't think I tend to think the creative team is a little bit smarter than what we sometimes give them credit for. You would think that if somebody's going to do that big a spot, they probably aren't going to go that deep in the match because it's a little bit too convoluted and they're looking for that moment there. And because it's so risky, they can't risk it that much for this person to last that much longer because of the, the gray area where there can be a total mess up, if that makes sense. Right. Which is typically what happens when we see Kofi do these spots, because he usually, he, he, this is the only time he's ever messed it up. Um, He usually gets eliminated like very, very, very soon after. So to answer your question, I don't really think that he would have lasted that much longer, but uh, you know, it, it plays into the big E thing so well, because there was so little fanfare when he got when Biggie got eliminated. So go back to Big E for a second, right, Ross? Mm-hmm. To me, there was such little fanfare, you know, especially for a guy who just lost his title four weeks ago, the second most prestigious title on the entire company. And for him to just get eliminated, like, eh, it's so blase. Like last year when he when he got eliminated, I felt that it was made much a much bigger deal, and he was on a much lower portion of the card. This is a dude who just lost the WWE title. This is a guy that was potentially a favorite to some. You know, p- well, people were penciling in potentially, oh, I think Biggie, I could see Biggie winning the War Rumble. I said Biggie should be considered a dark horse. And so for that to happen and, and to have it be that Riddle gets put over that, uh, over, you know, in more importance 
that Randy gets looked at with more importance, that Shane McMahon gets looked at with more importance, it really struck a chord with me, and I just couldn't believe it. Regardless of what you think of, you know, people can't disassociate Biggie from being with the New Day and stuff like that. That shouldn't matter. That to me, that shouldn't matter. Um, and so I was just, I don't know. Shane McMahon's, if there's reports to be believed that he actually wanted to try and win the Royal Rumble, like that's insanity to me. Like it's one thing for Riddle to go ahead and be penciled in as a Royal Rumble winner. That's another thing for Shane McMahon to be penciled in as a Royal Rumble winner. True. He's not Triple H. I'm sorry. He's not. Triple H winning in 2016 actually made sense. I mean, I guess you can make that argument, but yeah. Well, what I mean by that is Triple H is considered to be one of the greatest of all time. Triple H is a former full-time professional wrestler. Triple H as a part-timer was better than three quarters of the roster on any given Sunday. You know what I mean? Shane McMahon is not that. No, I, I, I get, again, I'm not trying to defend Shane McMahon. I'm just simply say, I'm, I'm, I'm simply just stating that that's the less said about Shane McMahon, the better he, it, it, it it's anyway. Can, can, can I say one more thing on Shano before we move on? I promise I'll make it brief. Sure. I just, it, it's just one of those things where the, there's a lot of fans who are crapping on Shane McMahon and rightfully so. And then when he got released, those same fans were like, oh, come on, Shano, come on over to AEW. Why? I did, I did, you tell me, brother. You tell me. I think that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. So you hate what he was doing in WWE, but you wanted to come over to AEW because now he's left WWE and he's got nothing to do with it now. Yeah, you know how stupid that sounds? Yeah. Do, they, I just, I, do people think when they, when they tweet out these things or when they put it on Instagram? It just makes no it makes no sense to me. It's 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 dumb. I'm sorry. That's all I wanted to say. The internet's dumb. So anyway, um, so yeah, that was your show. Brock Lesnar is uh, the winner of the Royal Rumble, and uh, yeah, now he's in the Elimination Chamber match, which God, I, I I just okay now. I have a question for you, and I want to know your thoughts on it. There are two rumors that are going around. Here's the first rumor. Brock is winning at Elimination Chamber, mm-hmm. and it will be title for title at WrestleMania. Right. That's the first rumor. The second rumor is they're going to do a triple threat with Brock and with Roman. And would you like to know who the third competitor in that match is going to be? Is it is it Seth? Yes. Yeah. Which means that in that scenario, Bobby would have to win the chamber. Mm-hmm. And they'd have to somehow find a way for Seth Rollins to get involved and be in the triple threat, a la the 31 main event when he cashed in yeah those, those i mean 31. there's history there's history there uh-huh so instead of it being a singles match that then turned into a triple threat for whatever amount of time it was you would just you actually make it a full-on it. triple threat yes mm. okay there is there is that rumor so uh 
Do you like either idea, both ideas, hate ideas? Because here's the thing. I'll just I'll just say my piece. Go ahead. I think they just need to just do the Roman and Brock match. They wanted to do it at day one. They pivoted. Now they're pivoting back. Just stick with it. You need a match for the main event of one of your nights. Roman Reigns is going to be in that main event. That's the match we need to see. Just do it. There's plenty of other stuff for plenty of other guys to do. Well, here's the way that I look at it. Everything that you just said and everything you laid out makes total sense. But I'll go back to what I said last week and what I've been harping on about tonight. You need to use both titles and make what's the what's the phrase, Ross? The title don't make it the man, the man makes the title, right? In most cases, I in would agree cases, with you. Right now, in this situation, I feel the title makes the man. Um, and, and what I mean by that is Bobby Lashley is the WWE champion. In order for me to I'm not saying that this is the way that I feel about Bobby Lashley, but I think that in the in the outskirts of the WWE universe, I feel those people feel they need to see Bobby Lashley with the WWE title in order to make him feel relevant and strong and actually be in the spot that he is actually in right now. That's probably true. So if you take that away from Bobby Lashley and you put that back on Brock Lesnar, that ruins everything about Bobby Lashley to me. And uh, to a lot of people. Unless you're doing Bobby and Brock at WrestleMania and you have a different plan for Roman Reigns. Right, but that's a thing. So the, but which I wouldn't do. Which so. I wouldn't do either, but that's still that's still fine because Bobby Lashley's chasing after the WWE championship. Bobby Lashley's still in a feud for the WWE championship. He's still a part of that. And that would be fine. The WWE championship is so big and so important to WWE and to WrestleMania lore as a whole. It does not. It should not be in a unification bout unless it's a unification bout where another championship is being brought in to be absorbed by the WWE championship, a la the WCW title back in 2002 when it became the undisputed title a couple of months prior, right? My point is you should have two separate world championship matches. You have two nights to play around with this thing. Why are you ruining it? By having a championship unification match because you think that Brock and Roman needs it. You don't. Other people that are very high up on the main event card that are not Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar, or Seth Seth Rollins, but deserve an opportunity, could be fighting and wrestling for that respective title. So if I have a way of getting a unification bout completely scrapped, and that means you bring in Seth Rollins into a triple threat. I'm actually might I might be inclined to say yes. I want that. That's the first thing. Secondly, I'm the guy that just said that they need to deviate from Roman and Brock and go the, the route of Seth and Ro- of Seth and Roman. So if you're finding a way of bringing in Seth Rollins into the Roman Reigns and having that feud continue, and then you still have Brock Lesnar intertwined. I would actually much prefer that than Brock versus Roman. Not because I don't want to see Brock and Roman, but I, I actually think that maybe even Seth, Roman, and Brock together might be bigger than Roman and Brock itself, especially with the history told of WrestleMania 31. Because we never saw anything like that. And yeah, we saw Seth get his match with, or Brock get his match with Seth. 
we've now seen the inklings of how great Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns can be together in this respective feud. And I honestly think that Brock Lesnar in there as a whole can make this thing just completely blow off the page in a way that we haven't seen ever. So I would, I would say that I think the triple threat would be awesome. All right. So as of this moment, the Elimination Chamber match at Elimination Chamber, which is taking place in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia, on February the 19th, is uh, Bobby Lashley defending his title against Brock Lesnar, Seth Rollins, Austin Theory, Riddle, and AJ Styles. We have a Raw Women's title match between Becky Lynch and Lita. And then um, they're doing the Usos and the Viking Raiders for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. That should be fun. All three uh, of those matches have good. There was a reported rumor match that they were going to do the Bloodline versus the Viking Raiders and Brock Lesnar, and I don't know if they're still going to do that. So we shall see. But there was that was an idea they had when they decided to do that tag team feud. So I don't know if they're just skipping that um, and just keeping the tag team things. They don't have really anything else going on with it, so they'll just keep that. But yeah. Uh, overall, I, um, I'm kind of in the middle on this show. I think the things that needed to be predictable, I was fine with, um, I'm not going to call this a great show, but I'm also not going to call this a terrible show. I think some people did not like it for some of the decisions they made, but again, some of the decisions they made again, ad nauseum, if you have a plan just stick with it, okay? If it works, great. If it doesn't, it didn't work, and you move on. I'm not asking them to stick with a plan for six months if it sucks. I'm saying you had a plan, you diverted from the plan, now you're back on track, just stick with it. Unless you have a much better idea, which, by the way, I would argue doesn't happen that often. So if you want to do a triple threat match and it makes sense and you tell a good story, great. If you don't and you're doing it just because, then I'm probably not going to agree with you. Plus, if you do that, then I don't know what they're going to do with Bobby, but that's but they've got time to figure that out. I I have a bad feeling they're going to do Bobby and Drew again, and I don't know if people want that. Um Bobby versus Seth would be interesting. Uh Bobby versus AJ would be interesting. Bobby versus Biggie would also be a lot. We've we saw it earlier this fall, but I think if you give them two full months of a real story, mm-hmm. I think people would be very into that, especially because from the match perspective, they delivered. Okay. Uh, so with that being said, uh, that is going to do it for tonight's show. Again, uh, the Double Turn Wrestling Podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all the rest. Uh, the one and only J-Man 19, Ross the Real Boss 85, Boss Ross TDT on Twitter, uh, TDT Wrestling Pod on Twitter is where you can find us as well. Um, WabamEntertainment.com, W-O-B-A-M Entertainment.com. We are the only wrestling content on that platform. Come check us out there as well. Um, well, it's been a show. I'm glad we got to cover the Rumble. And... Uh, Again, this is WrestleMania season, so we got Chamber. Uh, is it Stand and Deliver? Is that the next NXT big show? Is that during WrestleMania weekend? Yes, it is. Uh, right WrestleMania around that week, time? if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Okay. 
And then, um, yeah, but they are doing val- NXT. Uh, uh, what was it called? The Valentine's Day. Are they doing okay? Yeah. Fair enough. Um, and then uh, there's an AEW show in there at some point. Yeah, Revolution's coming to, uh, coming along March first, if I remember. So some, let's, uh, yeah, let's hope, let's hope that's a good show because I have a feeling we we might cover that show, but we'll see. Again, we're kind of picking and choosing our shows. Um, as we do this year, we are not going to do every single WWE pay-per-view preview and predictions. We may mention it or talk about it, but, uh, yeah, we can't, we can't skip the Royal Rumble. Come on now. So, um, yeah, whatever you guys choose to do this weekend, have fun. I know this is like my bye week because the Super Bowl is not till next week. So I'm very happy that I have kind of a bye week to kind of slow down myself and kind of reorganize, but, uh. Hopefully you check out uh, this episode and every other episode. If it's your first time joining us, welcome. If you've listened to every other episode, we very much appreciate it because without you guys, well, at least we would know that uh, somebody else is listening other than the two of us. So uh, that being said, that has been this week's episode of the Double Turn Wrestling Podcast for the J-Man. I'm Boss Ross. We will catch you on the flip side. <laughs>